Welcome to the Daily Objective. It is day 80 of the war in Israel. Um, it's also Christmas Day. I am uh, here alone today. I didn't want to impose a you know Christmas, uh, any, any work on Christmas on anybody else. Uh, we've, we've done Christmas episodes, I believe, every Christmas since the Daily Objective uh, launched in 2020. Uh, I think this is, uh, I, I certainly thought going in, this is going to be the hardest one. Um, you know, we've been... Uh, we, we've been accused on the Ayn Rand Center UK. I've been accused of doing too many celebratory episodes, especially celebrating ourselves, uh, which, you know, I, I I enjoy and I hope we get back to uh, soon. I don't think anybody can accuse us of that uh, in the past three months or, or since October 7th. We've, uh, we've only covered the war. Uh, I think we're right to only cover the war. We're going to continue covering, uh, if not only, then mostly the war. Uh and so I, I thought, how do we how do we fit that in uh, with having a Christmas episode that uh, should be positive? And of course, I, I thought it was going to be very difficult to do that. Uh, it turned out not to be as difficult as I thought. Uh, I think there's there's a couple of things I did in, in preparing for the episode uh, that made it a little uh, easier. One was... Uh, on the one hand, broadening the focus. Uh, we've been focusing since October 7th on October 7th and the aftermath. Uh, broadening the focus to um, uh, before that, to Israel's history, uh, to the history of, uh, of, of the Zionist movement before that a little bit. Uh, and on the other hand, narrowing the focus. I think most, and if not most, certainly many of the episodes we've done since October 7th have been uh, not specifically about what's going on in Israel, but about the reaction to it in the West. Uh, the reaction has been uh, terrifying, and uh, uh, so so. And I live in the West, uh, and uh, you know, Israel is whatever you say. Israel is still a small country, as strong as it uh, may be. And uh, um, yeah, so looking looking at the reaction is uh, makes it difficult to be positive about uh the situation but uh even even if i uh you know i think about israel and if israel was was fighting this war as i think it should uh with it, the full might of its military it, it obviously would not win over uh the the people marching on the streets of london every saturday in, in other cities uh you know people who hate jews will not hate jews less if jews uh decide to win the war um, but I do think in the West, many, many people support Israel and would be inspired by Israel actually doing what needs to be done. I think, uh, uh, you know, Israel fighting properly, uh, it, it will have people on the West uh, on its side. And again, perhaps inspiring uh, stronger support for Israel um, among those who are not marching through the streets. Uh, I'm not going to go through a whole history lesson, but I do think it's important to look back at uh, Israel's founding. Israel uh, was founded on, uh, announced its, uh, declared its independence on the 14th of May, 1948. It was, you know, uh, uh, this was based on the UN partition plan, which was announced in, uh, uh, on October, on November 29th, uh, 1947. Israel announces its independence on the 14th of May. On the morning of the 15th of May, a coalition of seven Arab armies 
uh, march on Israel, uh, attempting to uh, wipe it off the map, you know, right, right as it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, right after it declares its independence, right after its founding, and the world uh, did not expect Israel to survive. Remember, the 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 people who uh, founded Israel, the people who fought in that war were um, very much the people, uh, for the most part, who had survived the Holocaust. Uh, it was uh, only a few uh, years earlier. <clears throat> and uh, and yeah, the, the, they were not as well organized. Uh, nobody nobody expected Israel to win. Uh, and when you look, uh, when you look at the uh, first of all, back to November 29th, uh, 1947, you know, uh, the the Jews in the Zionist movement were happy at the UN uh, partition plan, which which gave some of the land uh, in the uh, mandatory Palestine to the Jews to form their own country and some to the Arabs to form uh, another Arab country. Uh, the Jews celebrated because it gave them a Jewish state. The Arabs were outraged because it gave the Jews a state. So this is, you know, this is where it started. It started before, uh, it actually started earlier than that, but uh, the Arab war on Israel, uh, that is the war that is being fought today. That is the war that has been fought from before Israel started, uh, Israel before Israel existed. Um, so uh, yeah, that that's that's important to bear in mind. Um, you know the the fact that Israel uh, ended up winning that war after less than a year, uh, not just winning the war but gaining territory. Uh, you know, compared to the uh, what Israel would have been after the partition plan, which again the Jews accepted, they were happy with that. Uh, they ended up gaining territory. Uh, when when you hear today people on the Palestinian side, the the Hamas side, the pro-terrorist side, uh, use the word Nakba. That's that's Arabic for catastrophe. Uh, they will give you different definitions for what Nakba means, just like they will give you different uh, definitions to what genocide means. Uh, what the Nakba is actually in reference to is the fact that the attempt to uh, wipe the Jews off the map, wipe the Jewish state off the map, uh, ensure that there are no Jews from the river to the sea. The fact that that attempt failed, that was the Nakba. That was the catastrophe uh, for the Arabs. That That is the catastrophe today for the Palestinians, for the people who support them. Uh, yeah, don't let them tell you uh, anything else. That is that is what they mean and um, and and that is what they want today. Israel's Arab enemies never gave up on uh, on that hope, uh, the, the hope to uh, to get rid of the Jews, and they today the people uh, we saw. I mean, again, Hamas Hamas is very clear on this. Uh, it's in their charter. It's in their statements after October seventh. They said we will do this again and again and again until there is no Israel. So they are clear on it, and um, the people who support them necessarily support that, again, even if they say otherwise. So while the Arabs are focused on destroying Israel, Israel is focused on building Israel. Israelis were focused on that. And, um, you know, by any standard, uh, Israel is an incredible success story, even, even without uh, people who want to 
destroy it surrounding it. Uh, Daniel, do you have that uh, that first picture that we can share? So this is some land in what is uh, looks very much like a desert. It is what is now uh, Tel Aviv. Now, remember, th and, and this is this is from uh, I don't know what year this picture is from. Daniel, do you know the year? Uh, nineteen oh five. Okay, so this is 1905. Tel Aviv was uh, officially established on in, in 1909. Uh, that's my quick math says it's 114 years ago. Uh, that is not a long time for a city. Um, and uh, uh, do you have a picture of what it looks like today? And again, this is what we're going to see is a is a part of it. It's a nice part. There are other nice parts. Uh, you know, Tel Aviv is a modern vibrant city. There are many others, uh, not not quite like Tel Aviv, but there are many other modern Western cities like we, uh, uh, you know, enjoy in, in Western countries. Uh, in Israel, you know, when, when Israelis have the opportunity to build something, that's what they do uh, in the same way that when Palestinians have the opportunity when they get uh, the, the incredible amount of humanitarian aid that they get, they use that to um uh you know build tunnels build weapons build plan and uh uh build ways to kill jews that is the that is the goal of palestinians while the goal of israelis is to live um uh yeah you, you can stop sharing that picture uh i think you know israel just some stats is i think the one of the most impressive ones is that israel is number one in the world in uh, patents per capita, but it's number four in the world in patents overall. This is a country of about 9 million people. Uh, so, you know, compare that to other countries. I don't know where it is on the list of, uh, uh, in terms of population, but nowhere near fourth. So, um, you know, Israel's uh, tech industry is the envy of the world. And, you know, despite Israel having uh, political certainly elements of socialism and, and a welfare state uh, and so on, Israeli culture still uh, celebrates and rewards excellence, while uh, in, in many places, uh, even in the West, we seemingly, um, uh, how do I say it? It, it, seems, it seems sometimes like a, a race to the bottom uh, here in the West. Daniel tells me, uh, Israel is 95th in the world in population, so 95th uh, in terms of population, fourth in terms of um, patents, uh, which, which of course, is significant. Um, you know, if you, uh, I'm sure most people here have heard of the uh, BDS, the Boycott Divestment uh, Sanctions uh, Movement against Israel, they're the ones who, if you saw our uh, episode of the reality show on Friday, titled Genocide, uh, Genocidal Hummus, was that the title? Uh, you know, there, there were stickers on uh, the people are going around supermarkets in London, putting stickers saying this uh, hummus uh, uh, supports genocide or is funded by, funds genocide or something like that. You know, this movement wants people to boycott Israeli products. Of course, if they took it, uh, you know, to, to its full extent, they would find it very difficult to live. There are uh, very few things that don't have some elements of uh, something that was patented or invented uh, uh, or, or um, yeah, in any way has Israeli involvement. I, I doubt there's a single smartphone or laptop in the world that doesn't have Israeli components, uh, you know, 
cherry tomatoes are Israeli. If you eat a cherry tomato, you are uh, not properly boycotting Israeli products. And um, yeah, so so that's that's what Israel is. And again, that's what Israel is, despite being surrounded by enemies that want nothing but to to kill Israelis. So Israel does this while having to to constantly protect protect itself and its citizens uh, from from savages. And even the mistakes that Israel uh, makes and is making in the war, and we've been talking about those mistakes every single day here. Uh, I think they are grave mistakes. Even they come from, in, in many, many cases, from something positive. You know, um, the desire, certainly the desire to save uh, the hostages uh, is, you know, comes from, from valuing life. Even the desire, which, again, I very much am opposed to, to um, avoid civilian casualties on the Palestinian side, which, of course, tells Hamas, hide behind civilians and you're safe. Um, even that comes from, from valuing life. So this is something that is unique to uh, uh, to Israel in the Middle East. It's not unique worldwide, but it is unique in the Middle East. You know, what we've heard, we've all heard Muslim preachers say, uh, we love death more than you love life to the West. Uh, and, and this is uh, another reason why we should look at Israel, look at them as uh, the, the uh, last line of defense, I think, is what Barry Weiss uh, described, actually, the Jews in every culture. But specifically, this is... Uh, certainly true uh, of Israel. And um, yeah, and again, so I think this is why uh, everybody who who values life uh, not only should, but does support Israel. And Israelis should know this. Uh, you know, there's uh, fewer of us march through the streets, blocking them, making noise. Uh, even when there are pro-Israel protests, they're not uh, promoted as much. I'll put it that way on mainstream uh, news in the West, because certainly academia, uh, the media, and many in the political class are on the pro-Palestinian side, but many in the culture realize, uh, you know, Israel Israel are the good guys in the Middle East. And certainly, uh, if you ask anybody, where would you rather live? Uh, I don't think anybody would say Gaza, even if Israel isn't bombing Gaza. Um, I will say uh, again, my, my this episode doesn't mean I'm not pessimistic, as I've been saying uh, these past few months. I am pessimistic, but I I do think it is not impossible for Israel to save itself. I think the people of Israel uh, know, for the most part, they need to get rid of their leaders and replace them with leaders who are prepared to fight the war, and um, and I think if if to fight it fully, and I think if Israel does that, uh, the, the people of Israel certainly have the resilience uh to to you know endure whatever the costs are of winning the war the diplomatic costs or uh, certainly economic costs uh many in the world will be angry again i think many will be inspired but many will be angry and it, it will uh, come at a price i think the price for not winning the war is heavier than the price of economic sanctions so I certainly hope Israelis, uh, you know, take this message and uh, and consider uh, how how this should be done, and um, you know, it will be worth it in the long run. Uh, before I wrap up, uh, uh, thank you, Bonnie, for the super chat. Thank you, everybody, for engaging in the chat. Uh, I did ask people to do that, but I am also uh, trying to uh, do the show, and some people are better at uh, paying attention to the chat while doing a solo episode than I am. 
Uh, thank you, Gail, for the super chat. Uh, tomorrow, we will talk about uh, the Oslo Accords. This is an episode I've wanted to do uh, for a while during this war. I think it's it's important to realize how the Oslo Accords uh, led to where we are today. It's a very important episode. I, I encourage everybody to watch it. We'll be back with the reality show. There's no reality show today, uh, but it will be back tomorrow right after our episode about the Oslo Accords. Uh, and yeah, let me just um, leave with, with this message to Israel uh, and its supporters. I uh, hope and believe that you can do the right thing and that Israel, uh, I, I very much hope Israel will prevail. And to Israel's enemies, my message is may your Nakba last forever. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Uh, I'll see you back here tomorrow.